37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode 170 of Pixelated Paranormal, where we are taking a short one-episode break from the possession and exorcism stuff because, uh, well, first of all, life's just getting pretty heavy right now, so we should probably just take a break and do some easy listening. Um, Preston and I haven't had too much time to requ- uh, you know, write up stuff for the next episode, and uh, just the world's on fire still. So we thought we'd take a short break and talk about some interesting stories that are, again, in the news that you guys may have missed. And with me, as always, is Preston. What's up, listeners? Who had to unmute his mic because he's vaping, and Big Steve. What's up, everybody? How y'all doing? <laughs> so yeah, um, tons of shit going on in the world and our personal lives, so we thought we'd take a short break. And also, I'll explain more on next episode, but um, John Keel um, said you know, many, many, many years ago how when you start looking into this phenomenon and one specific phenomenon more and more and more, that it might start looking back at you. And I've got some really interesting singularities and coincidences that have been occurring after reading the exorcism and studying these possession stories and stuff like that. So I'll go into that more in detail on episode 171 next time. Uh, but yeah, cool. Might be, might be kind of a good idea just to hit the pause button on that too. So you tease. Well, let's just jump into the news, shall we? There's no real introduction here. So, coming first from the LA Times, Bigfoot's been found, or at least a beloved statue of him that was missing from a California museum. What a bait and switch. I know. What a clickbait article, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) You are fake news. Damn proud of it. I'm fake news. I think literally I said, Preston, let's just find some news stories to talk about. Okay, I'll see what kind of fake news stories I can find. (laughs) (laughs) You son of a bitch. Every day for the past 16 years, a squat wooden Sasquatch has stood outside the Bigfoot Discovery Museum and its interest. (laughs) If I could just read anything. Hang on. Let me get a drink of this rum real quick. (laughs) (laughs) its entrance, and greeted thousands of Bigfoot enthusiasts as they walked through the doors. He's made of red wood, it's about four feet tall, and has earned the nickname Danny due to his resemblance to actor Danny DeVito. <laughs> Wait. Wait, for real? Okay. <laughs> yeah, for real. After the oh, story, yeah. let me tell you a story about Danny DeVito. Fuck yeah. Okay. He was made by a chainsaw by a wood carver with the help of Michael Rugg, the founder of the Felton California Museum. Rugg established the beloved 400-square-foot museum back in 2004, decades after Rugg said he himself first spotted a Bigfoot in Santa Cruz forests. To educate the public about the mysterious creature and investigate sightings that, quote, keep Santa Cruz weird. I've seen them stickers. Yeah, uh, Shayla and I and Eric and Aaron and Patty, we all went to this museum and got a chance to talk to Mr. Rugg. He's a pretty cool guy. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to really peel back too many layers of that onion because you were drunk. Right as he's kind of starting to open, <laughs> no, no, and that was before he went to the brewery. Uh, 
no, uh, we were just kind of getting like some interesting talk, and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I've got a par- uh, paranormal podcast. He's like, yeah, I've heard that from the last fucking thirty creeps that came in here. Oh shit, yeah, damn it. Move on, nerd. Um, Hold on, let me l- yeah, l- let me have, do that joke again. Notifications on. Yeah, let me do that joke again so you can get that without the audio. No, it's fun. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> just leave it in there. But um, and then of course, um, just like someone queued it up in a movie. This girl and this guy come walking in there, and they're like, "Yeah, my cousin seen the Bigfoot on the Indian reservation that he lived on." And these were clearly just two white trash meth heads, so it kind of, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it kind of dampened the the mood a little bit. But anyway, I sent you guys a picture. What I why I sent you that picture in the chat was that's a picture of Shayla with said statue. That's crazy. That's cool. Yeah, it's a pretty cute little statue. So it went missing, but, right? This is crazy. Yeah, like, it went missing. How this thing's got to be heavy, it. right? Red, red with some heavy ass shit. Oh, dude, for sure. Yeah, he keeps it. Sh- I mean, you can see the photo, and I'll post that photo in the Instagram. Um, it's chained up. It's got a chain with Shayla's permission, of course. Leg. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For <laughs> sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah, you can see the chain. That's great. <laughs> right. Yeah. So on Monday of this previous week, because this story is coming from. November 13th. So it's been about a week ago. On Monday, Danny went missing. Rugg said he went to Santa Cruz to make his mortgage payment that day, and then thieves took the chance to take his most precious possession. I was kind of in a hurry, said Rugg. I glanced back by the Bigfoot and saw a lock laying there. It didn't dawn on me that that was his lock from his chain. When I got back, the Bigfoot was gone. He called the Santa Cruz County Sheriff's Office immediately, and they began to investigate. Ashley Keene, spokeswoman from the sheriff's department, said deputies believe the statue, as well as the wooden bear, had been stolen from the museum sometime between 11.30 a.m. and 1 p.m. During the daytime? Yeah, some brazen thieves, man. Some brazen Bigfoot thieves. The sheriff's office posted on social media asking the public report the statue if they came across it. Keep your eyes peeled for Bigfoot, the Santa Cruz Sheriff's Office said on Facebook. No, seriously, please be on the lookout for the Bigfoot statue that was stolen from the Bigfoot Museum in Felton this week. And the hunt began. That's and crazy. Of all his sass, what's that? That's just, it's just, it's just a crazy story. I mean, it's more, it's almost more interesting trying to find this fucking statue than it is the real Bigfoot. I'm on yeah. the edge of my oh, seat. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I mean, he said this is the most special of all his statues. Yeah, he said he that fucking made it. We made it. Be- like... Yeah, he said we made it because when I put the Bigfoot Museum together, one of the things I did is I chose to make it look like one of those roadside like attractions. Like the bears. E- exactly. Yeah. It, precisely. And he said it represents the building Bigfoot and my knowledge of it. That's where all my uh, alien pictures from when I went down to Roswell, New Mexico area. Like yeah. The, all, yeah the, exactly. all the aliens, they're all made out of that shit. They're so cool. And yep. they're. Oh, They're insanely so heavy. Right? Like someone to steal that during the day. <laughs> like that's yeah. yeah it's just that's so. I mean, somebody had to have been cased in the joint and, and known that he was going to be leaving for a while. But that's wild. Rug went on to say he's had a fascination with the mystery of Bigfoot since he was a child when he saw one for the first time. He said he's probably four years old. His parents took him out camping, and one morning, protesting their fish breakfast, he wandered off on the trail along Eagle Creek. And he says, I saw this jetty sticking out into the river, so I walked onto the sandbar and started looking upstream and downstream. And suddenly I saw it. There was this gigantic hairy man standing there. He had no clothes, 
except what looked like the remains of a tattered shirt on one shoulder. <laughs> like the Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> he ran back to tell his parents about what he'd seen, and they dismissed him. They told him he may have just saw a tramp. What? Yeah, a homeless person, a hobo. Oh, okay. <laughs> like what? <laughs> and he says he spent his first 10 years in business looking for another Bigfoot in Santa Cruz. He's recorded their screams, made cast of footprints, but has yet to find an actual Bigfoot. On Thursday, Rugg finally got some good news. Early in the morning, officers with the Scotts Valley Police Department responded to a suspicious figure in the roadway near Glen Canyon and Green Hills Road. The statue stood there on the side of the road, unassuming and facing the sidewalk as police lights shone onto it. They spotted the Bigfoot. They said it was a little torn up, but they believe they can get it fixed. But yeah, the statue has been returned. That's crazy, man. I'm so glad yeah. they, they did they did so they did they charge the play the people? I don't think they found the people. I think whoever stole the statue just dumped it. Yeah. Oh man, that's re- that's really sad. Look at their sign behind the officers. Help save the Bigfoot <laughs> Discovery Museum. You should look for that yeah. you should look for that GoFundMe and link it. Yeah, I will. I'll see tight. if it's still going on. Because I we plugged it a while back. Um he was looking for some help because he fell on hard times. Yeah. Um, he wasn't getting quite the amount of foot traffic through the museum, you know, as he used to. So hopefully they got it figured out. Because I believe he lives there, too. I believe that the little house behind the uh, museum itself is where he lives. Nice. Well, that's cool. That's a, that's a good story. I mean, it sucks, but it's good that it was found because that thing is cute. Okay, so Danny DeVito, um, in the late 80s, I was born. I, well, mid-80s, I was born, 885. Before uh, we moved to Kansas in about 93, 94, maybe 96, I don't know when, but um, can't remember. <clears throat> My dad told me that whenever he first moved from Kansas to California, he'd been in California for like three years at that point, and he met his then friend Phil. And Phil is this like, when I was younger, he'd always remind me of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Very, very muscular, mm-hmm. big, very like strong, stoic like features. And this dude, like, was a professional jackhammer, like, like you know, doing the jackhammer on road work. So mm-hmm. they're up near Orange County area, somewhere up there, and um, they're doing the work on this, like, cul-de-sac area. And it's it's him, uh, Phil, my dad, and their their crew. And they're, you know, they're early, it's really early in the morning. It's like 6.37 in the morning, and they had to do the work. So they're out there jackhammering that early in the morning. And all of a sudden, like they have their they have their like you know safety earphones on, and then like out of the corner of their eye, they're sitting there jackhammering. And then Phil mm-hmm. looks over at my dad and like waves him down to stop the jackhammer. And in the corner of his eye, he sees this guy running up there, got his paper in his hand, he's flapping his hands around up in the air, screaming. And as they finally realize what's going on, they notice, holy shit, it's the guy from Twins. It's it's Danny DeVito, like. <laughs> And he's just like screaming. And then they're like, oh, I'm sorry, man. Like uh, our boss said it was cool to do this work. Like he hadn't signed off with the city and ball or the county and all this. And then, and then uh, he's just like going off. Like he's like really serious about it. And then all of a sudden, like he just starts laughing and he's like, I've always wanted to do that. And he just goes inside. Doesn't says doesn't say anything else. That's it. <laughs> For real? Yeah, I was like, that is the shit. I was like, that is so cool. That's hilarious, and like they thought, man. they thought it was the funniest thing. Like, what a, like, cause it's like the Bill Murray thing. Like no one's going to believe you. 
<laughs> right, right, yeah, exactly, exactly. And when you're that funny and that, you know, that that's what you're known for is being a comedian and just like a creative, funny dude, that would be something yeah. you would do to fuck with people. <laughs> Jeez. So yeah, there's a Danny DeVito story. Perfect. Well, Preston, it appears that the Bigfoot statue is not the only unusual structure to be found recently. And I want to give a shout out to Shayla, to Chauncey, and also my brother, who all three sent this story to us. Yeah, when you uh, told me about it earlier today, you piqued my interest because all I can think about is uh, Stanley uh, Kubrick's uh, uh, 2001. 2001 what? The Space Odyssey, oh the movie. Oh, my God, yeah. son, you just fucked it up. Guy had to sit there and fucking vape halfway through a sentence. What? <laughs> what for? I didn't vape at all, you <laughs> dickhole. <Yeah. laughs> He's trying to backpedal quick oh, on damn. not remembering what you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, watch out, Preston. Don't make don't back up too close to the wall behind you. Yeah. Um, this is from CNET. Mysterious metal monolith discovered in remote Utah desert. It looks like something straight out of 2001. A space odyssey. We would With cue the, the music. The is going. But we'd probably get sued. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> Maybe we should pretend we just didn't see it with the way 2020 is going. It's a story as old as time. You're in a helicopter flying over remote regions of southern Utah while counting bighorn sheep when suddenly you spot an unexplained monolith sticking up out of the ground. Utah NBC affiliate KSL-TV reported the unusual find on Saturday, sharing footage taken by the crew of Utah Department of Public Safety's helicopter that was assisting with the Utah Division of Wildlife Resources in a sheep count. It is a weird-looking thing. It very much is. It's, like, very smooth alloy metal. Like, it's it's so... You can see reflection on it. Like, it's wild. Mm Mm-hmm. That's clearly metallic, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'd say it's probably about 10 to 12 feet high, pilot Brett Hutchins told KSL. We're kind of joking around about it that if one of us suddenly disappears, then I guess the rest of us make a run for it. The crew landed to take a closer look. Hutchings said the monolith was stuck firmly into the ground and speculated it might have a NASA connection or was perhaps a work of art. Utah Department of Public Safety shared the story on Facebook saying, No day is the same for members of our Aero Bureau, and what they encountered recently while on a mission counting bighorn sheep was very unique. The department is keeping the exact location a secret because they don't want people to just go looking for it. It's in a very remote part of the Utah desert, which kind of looks like Mars if you look at it, you know? Yeah. Uh, They don't want anybody getting stuck, getting stranded, or getting hurt trying to find the monolith. But they said the monolith bears a striking resemblance to the alien monolith prop created for Stanley Kubrick's iconic film 2001, A Space Odyssey. And I'll post a couple pictures on here from their uh, Facebook and their Instagrams. But inquiring minds want to know just what this thing is. Preston, can you think of any other monoliths or examples of monoliths that have kind of popped up? No, um, the closest... No, I take that back. Um... When uh, the Russians sent a uh, probe to Mars back in 89, 91, um, somewhere Mm -hmm. in that time frame, um, they were uh, 
Phobos or Deimos, one of the moons, uh, they were sending their probe toward it, and they had the camera rolling, and they saw a shadow on the moon that was rectangular in shape, and when they got closer and zoomed in, they found a black or a white monolith-like structure, and they were trying to get closer, and then all of a sudden the probe got destroyed, and Mm -hmm. um, it was actually aired on TV, like the Russians weren't hiding anything, but you never heard about it here in the United States. So as far as like monoliths looking thing, like the closest thing I know about would be the Russian incident. But then in um, India, there's a tower that is made from iron Mm -hmm. and they don't know how it was built or when it was built. It's over 2000, 3000 years old and doesn't have a single drop of rust on it. And that's, kind of indicative of iron you know like cars and things like oh, that wow. it rusts yeah. but we have this iron tower that doesn't have any rust on it so that's weird uh yeah it was the phobos monolith that has yet not received much scientific investigation this yeah. is from bbc.com huh yeah there's a picture there and it casts a shadow that is kind of strange. I'll post a picture of that as well Yeah. Um, on the old Instagram. Interesting. Well, the cool thing here is that part of me wants to err on the side of, you know, the paranormal because it is highly illegal to drive anything into the ground in these great big, you know, federally, uh, federally protected areas like this part of Utah's desert. Um, first of all, you'd have to bring out a bunch of equipment, I would think, to drill or hammer this thing down. Um The part sticking up that you can see, like I said, is 12 feet tall. It's three-sided, so looking down on it, it's like a triangle. And, I mean, the pictures you see, it's pretty flippin' shiny. Like you mentioned about that other uh, monolith structure. Uh, This doesn't look like it has any rust on it. It looks pretty flippin' clean. Yeah, you would think it'd be weathered or something. Something, yeah. It'd be interesting to see, like, what all data they've taken off of the device or the thing. Like what material yeah, like is made how of, old like, it is. Yeah, like all that shit. That's gonna be that's where it's gonna be interesting. But yeah. I mean, then again, I wouldn't put it past somebody to do it like an art like an art piece or a social experiment piece type of thing. Yeah, I mean those types it's all of the rage today. that's yeah, I well, I mean it's been all the rage since the sixties yeah. and seventies. That's part of installation art yeah. and performance art is just to put something somewhere and just to see but yeah, it's even it's even huger net huger huger it's even larger huge. now uh, uh, more more prominent because of social media because you want you yeah. want to go viral and I mean mm-hmm. this, is, wanna, this, is, this is this is pretty fucking viral because it's creepy <laughs> so whoever put it there you win it's aliens but it's, it's aliens, aliens. <laughs> yeah no shit. right. Well, you know what it kind of reminds me of? If they find any more of these anytime soon, it's going to, you know, have a striking resemblance to the old Toynbee tiles. Have we talked about those, the Toynbee plaques? Nope. I have no have you guys heard about those at all? <laughs> nope. Okay, so I'm going to just give a quick breeze over this. We can do a deeper dive later on, but this is just from Wikipedia. The Toynbee tiles, also called the Toynbee plaques, that's T-O-Y-N-B-E-E, are messages of unknown origin found embedded in asphalts of streets in about two dozen major cities in the United States and four South American cities. Since the 1980s, several hundred tiles have been discovered. They're generally about the size of American license plates, roughly 30 by 15 centimeters or 12 by 6 inches, but sometimes they're considerably larger. 
They contain some variations of the following inscription. And let me snap a pic and I'll send this over to you guys. Um, but Toynbee, idea, in movie 2001, resurrect dead on planet Jupiter. Wild. Yeah, it, that's very, very mysterious. Yeah. Toynbee, idea, in movie 2001, resurrect dead on planet Jupiter. And they say there's more elaborate tiles that have also been featuring cryptic politics political statements or exhort readers to create install similar tiles of their own the material used for making the tiles is initially unknown but evidence has emerged that they're primarily made of layers of linoleum and asphalt crack filling compounds articles about the tiles began appearing in the mid 1990s though references may have started to appear in the mid 80s in 1983, a man identifying himself as a social worker named James Morosco contacted talk shows and newspapers with his theory of colonizing Jupiter with the dead inhabitants of Earth, claiming to have come across the idea while reading a book by historian Arnold Toynbee. In a conversation with the Philadelphia Inquirer, Morosco discussed how Toynbee's book contained a theory on bringing dead molecules black, back to life, and this was later depicted in the movie 2001 A Space Odyssey. The caller had found what the Inquirer calls the Jupiter Colonization Organization, known as the Minority Association. Now, we can talk more about this maybe on an upcoming episode, but yeah, another really, really super bizarre discovery. It's interesting. I mean, it's not it's not as cool as, you know, like a giant metal object in the desert, but... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think just as mysterious, though. Well, speaking of wildlife and strange sightings, let's hop into the old pixelated paranormal puddle jumper and travel to Japan. You've got a whole sound effect keyboard in front of you there, and that's the best you can do. <laughs> yeah, I don't have I don't have any uh, car sound effects loaded up. So, <laughs> well, a puddle jumper is a plane, so you'd be wrong anyway. Oh, but that's why I love you. Yeah, <laughs> your boyish charm. <laughs> Let's go to Japan, where howling monster werewolf robots have been deployed to scare away wild bears. Say what? Say what? A Japanese town has deployed robot wolves in an effort to scare away bears that have been becoming increasingly more dangerous and a nuisance in the countryside. The town of Takawa on the northern island of Hokkaido purchased and installed a pair of these robots after bears were found roaming in the neighborhoods back in September. City officials have said there have been no bear encounters since. The bear sightings are at a five-year high, mostly in rural areas in western and northern Japan. There have been dozens of attacks so far in 2020. Two of them were fatal, prompting the government to step in with an emergency meeting last month to address the threat that they could pose. The so-called monster wolf robots consist of shaggy bodies on four legs, a blonde mane, and a fierce set of glowing red eyes. And it pretty much looks like you know, just an animatronic wolf from a horror movie. I'd say a werewolf perched on top of these uh, perches. When it's in motion, when its motion detectors are activated, it moves its head, flashes lights, and emits 60 different sounds, ranging anywhere from wolfish howls to machinery noises. Machinery maker Otka Seke has sold about 70 units of robots since 2018. 
The real Japanese wolf roamed the central and northern islands of the country before being hunted to extinction more than 100 years ago. Takawa city officials say that bears have become more active and dangerous because the search for food and going into hibernation has moved to later November. A decreased amount of acorns and nuts in the wild this year may have driven the animals to venture closer to towns in search of sustenance, according to local media. And it's crazy because the video they show up there, like you see, really see it in action. It paces, sways back and forth. And they actually yeah. have a video of it actually working. A bear comes out of the brush. Oh, for real? Yeah. <laughs> you watch the video about, from this article. This shows like, because it sits on a pole and it just goes back and forth, left to right. And it's got glowing red eyes and it makes sounds. And then the video you watch, there's like a bear comes out of this brush. <laughs> And they have like a GoPro, like or like a security cam, right on top of the head. So all you see is the head going left to right. See the bear come out of the brush, and, you're, and then you see it go. Nope, <laughs> it runs. It like it backs up. It runs. I ain't back. gonna fuck with that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really great. <laughs> like it's genius. I just like how that the, is. I love how they showed the video to back up the evidence. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it works. It does work. Trust me, it does work. Yeah. <laughs> that is a straight up Chuck E. Cheese nightmare fuel, man. Oh yeah, when the anatomic, yeah, like giant, fucking yeah. Five Nights at Freddy's shit, man. Jeez, just gyrating all around. That, all that stuff. It's crazy. Well, it's a shorter show, guys, but the last question I want to ask you is, how do you boys prefer your steaks to be cooked? Uh, rare and uh, made from a fucking cow. <laughs> yeah, mine's either uh, rare to medium rare, depending on the steak. Okay. There you go. I like mine to be cooked uh, with ahi tuna instead of beef, seared on both sides, still cold and raw in the middle, because I'm not a fan of steaks. Again, yeah. this motherfucker has an entire sound effect booth. Preston can't do that good. I didn't pull the soundboard up tonight because I didn't think I would need it, so excuse fucking me, okay? <laughs> I need your fingers to be on those keys, tickling those digital ivories at the ready. well guys this last news report comes from none other than fox news grow your own human steak meal kit is not technically cannibalism says its makers a do-it-yourself meal kit for growing steaks made from human cells was recently nominated for design of the year by the london-based design museum Name the Ouroboros steak after the circular symbol of a snake eating itself tail first. The hypothetical kit would come with everything one needs to use their own cells to grow miniature meat steaks. People think that eating oneself is cannibalism, which technically this is not, says Grace Knight, one of the designers. Ugh. Before you go running for your wallet, no, this isn't a product available to buy. It was created by scientist Andrew Pelling, an artist Orkin Tellon, and Knight, an industrial designer, and commissioned by the Philadelphia Museum of Art for an exhibit last year. Growing yourself ensures that you and your loved ones will know the origin of your food. This is how the fucking T-virus starts, dude. (laughs) I know, no shit, right? Yeah. How it's been raised, and that its cells were acquired ethically and consistently says the website Imagine for the product. The project was made as a critique of the lab-grown meat industry, which the designers told Dezen Magazine is not actually the same as animal-friendly, uh, magazine is not actually as animal-friendly as one might expect. 
Lab-grown meat relies on fetal bovine serum for animal cell cultures, though some companies have claimed to have found alternatives. FBS is made from calf-fetus blood after pregnant cows are slaughtered. Lab-grown meat has not yet been approved for human consumption, though some products could hit store shelves in the next few years. As a lab-grown meat industry is developed rapidly, it is important to develop designs that expose some of its underlying constraints in order to see beyond the hype, says Pelling. There's no hype. <laughs> Growing an Ouroboros steak would take about three months using cells taken from inside your cheek, says the magazine reporting. For the collection of a sample of steaks on display in the museum, the team used human cell cultures purchased from the American Tissue Culture Collection and then grew them with donated blood that expired and would have otherwise been destroyed. They preserved the final products in resin. Expired human blood is a wasted material in the medical system, and it is cheaper and more sustainable than FBS, but culturally less accepted. Yeah, because fucking vampires love that shit. Yeah. <laughs> What's next? They're gonna they're gonna start frying like deep frying poop. Yeah, like, and it's random blood. They're using like random blood. So I mean, I don't know where that blood's been. I don't know whose blood that's. You know who it is. That is a wild mm-hmm. story. And then the pictures are terrible. They look like so- Like you ever see like a Cheerio when it sits in milk for too long. Yeah, it's like soggy and bloated. That's what it looks like. It's so oh gross. God, it's so yep. gross. You're you imagine, right. Looks... Imagine waiting forever. Be like, oh, my steak's almost ready. You waited three months <sighs> and you get it and it tastes like Gosh, shit. And you're like, what the fuck? Soylent huh. Green is people. It's people. <laughs> so would you guys try it? No. No. I mean, if you were in an accident and you lost your foot and then you wanted to make like foot tacos, I'd give that a go. But I don't want some weird hybrid blood baby cheek steak. That's gross. No. It wasn't made from human babies. It was made from cow babies. Still, it's a negative dog. Didn't we talk about a story years ago about how they're wanting to make um, sausage that would be tasting like certain celebrities, like a James Franco sausage and shit like that? Yeah. I think we're on the cusp of seeing some very, very interesting and alternative protein sources. And I don't think that this idea of making a human grown steak from your cheek is going to be that far from the norm in about another 10 years. Not saying that everybody across the U.S. is going to be eating, you know, daddy steaks on their dinner table, but I'm just saying, like, I think we're going to see some really radical ideas come out and then be kind of put into the, quote, normal, acceptable culture. Yeah, you know, when that happens, since I'll be living out in the country, I'll just, like, start growing my own cow, like, once a year (laughs) and just, like, you know, slaughter that shit. But you got to think, like, growing cows is very, very unsustainable like it's not a very sustainable type of um you know operation growing that well it's just for a shit ton of money if it's just for me myself and i like it's fine you know so what is jeffrey and the kids gonna eat then asshole i'll share sorry this is daddy's cow you can eat these fucking steaks that i made from my cheek yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay so next question i have for you guys then would be have either of you eaten bugs before? Like actual intentionally eaten bugs, like like bug protein. Yeah. 
Yeah. Steven, have you tried it before? Uh, I've tried some bug stuff. Yeah. Like I remember um, years ago, one of these guys came to work one day offering everybody cookies. And the dude is pretty wily anyway, so I knew like there had to be some kind of trick to this, but I also knew like he would never intentionally hurt anybody. So he's like, hey, you want to try this peanut butter cookie? And I said, shit, yeah. And I grabbed it and, I mean, took a bite that just about encompassed the entire cookie, chewed it up. And while he's telling me, he's like, okay, now after you've taken a bite of that, I want to tell you what it's made out of. And with my mouth full, I just said, bugs. And he's like, what? How'd you know? And I'm like, I don't know. It just kind of made sense because you're the guy offering me a free cookie. And he goes, yeah, it's a sociology project where I made a batch of two dozen cookies and I infused them with meal mealworm uh, protein, ground up mealworms. And he's like, I give you the cookie. I let you chew it up. But then I tell you what it is and to record your reaction. And I said, yeah, you know, I've studied this kind of thing before and listened to podcasts about it. And, um, it's it's a highly highly sustainable form of protein, and it yeah. could also be, I mean, a, a substitute to cows and pork and everything else. Not that we should get rid of that shit, because I do love me some pork. But you can also consume crickets. Yeah, as you guys cockro- know, cockroaches. Don't forget cockroaches. Yeah, that does have a bit of a cringe factor. But I guess if they're you know organically sourced and, and raised in a you know a yeah. facility, a, a, a roach farm, if you will. They but taste like shrimp. <laughs> they uh they compare cricket protein, which is very common, maybe maybe more common than actually uh, using mealworms. But if you take cows, beef, one hundred grams of beef protein gives you two hundred ninety eight calories, twenty one point two grams of fat, and twenty three point five grams of protein. 100 grams of ground-up cricket, or just cricket, gives you almost half the amount of calories, 121 calories. It gives you far less fat at 5.5 grams of fat and 18.9 grams of protein. And these things don't fart. That's the big problem you have with cows right now. Just having giant cattle farms is the amount of methane they produce. The amount of money it takes to actually raise just one cow, you know, properly, vet bills, all that kind of stuff. Where crickets, you can pretty much just raise these things in a factory, and then once they become a certain, you know, age of a certain maturity level, you just flash freeze them, and then bada boom, bada bing, baby, you've got yourself some cricket protein. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Soylent green is crickets. Crickets. <laughs> Did you guys ever watch that movie? Um, oh God, Snowpiercer. No. Yeah, they feed everybody these um, black bars, and they're kind of like a protein bar. Ugh. That's what it reminds me of. I but I, I was never thinking, man, I always what, wanted to. Snowpiercer is pretty solid. I liked it. Um, Tom, worth watching. I didn't watch the TV show. Um, I want to say Snowpiercer was done by the same guy who did Train to Busan and Parasite. Hmm. Oh, that'd be cool. Uh, yeah, I think uh, once everything settles down, um, I think I will do an experiment of my own. I think I'm going to delve into the exciting world of cricket and mealworm protein and see if I can replace the protein of one meal a day with cricket or mealworm. Oh my God. Are you going to make a cricket patty hamburger? Um, I, I'm definitely going to have to try a lot of different stuff for sure. Because mm-hmm. I think Preston, you and I, um, along with Eric and Aaron and Shayla and Patty went to a museum event, right? Exploration yeah. place. Did you go with us? 
Yeah. Yeah, and we tried the uh, the freeze dried crickets and the roasted crickets that had like barbecue and cheddar and stuff like that. And yeah, one of the ways to do that is you just get your big bag of crickets and you dump it out on a pan, season it, and then just like smoke it or cook it over a grill for a little while. And then you could eat them like you're eating trail mix. But otherwise, you can you know grind them up into a powder and kind of press them and form patties out of them. So. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting. There are several books out there and studies by people who have replaced 100% of their protein intake with insects, and it's kind of neat. I mean, if you take away the creepy factor of eating bugs, I mean, what's the big deal? Yeah. True that. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people, you know, like uh, when you, you go to restaurants and they have like, uh, you know, pâtés like duck liver. So how's yeah. how's that any more creepier than a fucking ground up cricket it's like my granddad used to say one man's entrails is another man's entrees there you go just kidding my grandpa never said that he's an asshole Um, (laughs) boom big reveal (laughs) boom roasted okay so guys uh listen i wanted to make a, a short episode because um I had kind of a bit of a COVID scare not too long ago and got my tests back and they were negative. And just as I'm about to be able to be released from quarantine, we had another exposure um, by a very, very close family member. I'm not going to say who it was out of respect and privacy for them, but um, going to get tested again in three days. So please, um, I'm not going to speak for Preston and Steven. Maybe you guys will piggyback on this, but I just want to say from me personally, Wear your fucking masks, wash your hands, keep your fingers out of your nose, and just stay the fuck home because this is uh, becoming a pretty serious deal. Yep. And just when you think it's not going to rear its ugly head in, you know, your fucking front room or your house, uh, it does just that. We've, We've done tons of precautions. We practice insane precautions at work, both of us. And, uh, yet here you go. I had a fever for three days. Um... Did just fine, got released by a doctor to no longer be, you know, a hazard. I didn't actually have it, but uh, yeah, we were both uh, potentially exposed a few days ago by someone who did test positive, so just be smart, people. Um, yeah. Be smart. Don't go kissing people, licking people's faces, keep your fingers out of everybody else's nose, too, and just, just be smart. Be safe. Most definitely. And it's also so. Thanksgiving, so... Thankful for you guys. Thankful for the podcast and all the listeners. Yeah. Oh, shit, it is, man. Yeah, this whole year is kind of weird. It is weird. That doesn't feel like Thanksgiving. It's really hard to get into holidays because, you know, you want to be safe. You don't want to infect your family and friends and you got to kind of isolate. It just... For sure. We we just canceled both of ours. We canceled um, the dinner we had planned with her folks and the rest of her family. And then uh, Shayla and I were going to get together with my mom and dad. And then maybe Zoom call my brother and uh, our nephew and Sarah, and, or I should say his wife. And uh, it just didn't seem smart for all of, all of us to get together. And uh, with the news we just got, we canceled both of them. So Shayla yeah. and I are going to get Lee's Chinese. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. I, I thought about the same thing because you said it the other day. And I was like, I know them, I know them fuckers will be open. <laughs> I did plug it last time, didn't I? Oh, shit. Yeah, ironically, uh, that's been Plan C for us. So we're getting cool. Chinese food, but yeah, yeah, it's scary shit. It's uh, you don't know what to expect. I've I've had a a couple really good friends pass away from COVID, and I just think that uh, we should all take it a little more serious, man. Should mm-hmm. for sure. Let's be safe, man. That's that's the thing, and just try to try yeah. to get through it. It's tough. 
And, I mean, it does make you more thankful, I guess. Like you said, Steve, uh, it's Thanksgiving. I, I'm thankful for health, especially through all this shit. And uh, I'm thankful for you guys, too. I'm thankful for this podcast, for the road that we've gone down with, um, you know, the three of us and Rob and, you know, Big Dobbs and just everything and everybody we've met, everything we've got to do, the stories we've received, the people we've reached out to and touched, uh, the people that have reached out to us, um, all the kind of content people have created for us. Yeah, it's just insane, cool, man. man. I mean, I, I, if I would have better prepared for this, because I really didn't even think about it being Thanksgiving, I could have made a list of just all the contributions and all the things that have been made for us. Songs, music, listener stories, um, all the news that has sent in to us, you know, to cover. Uh, it's just great. So, I mean, again, from the bottom of my heart, I just want to say a huge thanks to everybody who's listening, supporting, you know, spreading the word, the reviews, just everything. Thank you guys all so much. Cool. Well, to bring things around, what are you guys watching? Anything you want to recommend? Anything that you're watching right now that people just should not miss out on? Yeah, I've been like, I mean, I've been consuming a lot of media lately. I've been loving the movies, which is really hard for me because lately I've been um, like really struggling to focus on movies or TV shows. So mm-hmm. uh, Shudder is the horror AMC-owned company thing. I recently yeah. got access to an account on that, and I've been watching some stuff on there. I watched a movie from 1981 called Pieces. It's an Italian silly horror movie. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Very, very wild. Um, mm-hmm. You know, cheesy for a purpose, but uh, I don't know. It's like a chainsaw massacre type show, but, you know, they didn't do anything that made <laughs> what made Texas Chainsaw special. But I don't know. I don't want to get into too much. I don't want to get into too much about it. You know, it's your typical 70s. You know, they take some of that shit will be offensive and stuff like that. But it's just like, mm-hmm. but it's really cool when you watch the movie and then read up about the movie, who created the movie and why they did certain things in the scenes. And it's pretty crazy to watch how, because horror always, why I like horror so much is that it's so vast, the genre is, and they're always like really common commentating on social shit that's going on then and like mm-hmm. pieces you know it's um very sexual driven but it's also like very like um the women taking it back type of thing where a man you know mm-hmm. is constantly stalking yeah, yeah. and and like just there's all that stuff like that and it doesn't happen until the very end but when it happens it's so sudden and makes no sense it's funny but at the same time, like that was his goal was to make it funny. So it was more of a lasting impression to make you think about it more. So pretty cool. Uh, so I watched that on Shudder. Shudder is full of amazing 70s, 80s, 90s uh, horror mishaps, <laughs> you would say. Uh, <laughs> it is just a very good it's cool. Thanksgiving word cornucopia yeah, yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Um, the good, the bad, the bizarre, right. Italian, Japanese. It's just there's so much great stuff in there. Yeah. And then um, another one I watched is is a brand new show to to Shudder. I've never watched any of the Shudder exclusives, like stuff made specifically by them. And this one's called Porno. And I saw the name. I'm like, what? Oh, it's on finally. I'm like, what What the fuck is this? And I clicked on it. And basically, I haven't finished it yet, but I'm about more than halfway through. And it's about an ultra Christian conservative town. Uh, These four or five individuals work at a movie theater. And it's in the 90s, so they're playing Encino Man and A League of Their Own. And they're deciding mm-hmm. which one they're going to do their employee movie night, which one they're going to watch. Something happens, blah, blah, blah. 
uh, it has to do with possessions, kind of a little bit, uh, a little bit of satanic stuff. And then when they go and find this, they find this old tape reel, and the tape reel, they think what they think they're watching is a porno because they've never seen one before, so they don't know what the hell it is. But it's oh, basically like a Satan worshiping, like opening the gates of hell, portal to hell type of thing. But it's it's very mm-hmm. silly. It's funny. Like it's it's your good horror comedy, but you know, bloody and all that shit. So huh. it was really impressive. I was like, I this. It was refreshing to open up the app, see new to Shutter, new releases, whatever, and see that and be like, what? Obviously, a captivating title because you're gonna be like, okay, what the fuck is porno? You know, I thought it was gonna be like them finding a, por- a porno tape and porno tape killing them, like the ring type of shit. But it wasn't. And I was like, oh, this is actually uh-huh. a unique idea. You know? So I started watching it. That's pretty cool. Oh, man. Yeah, I saw that Shudder was getting it. I just didn't realize they got it so soon. Um, I might watch that this evening. Cool. And also, dude, while you're on there, uh, a real mind trip. You need to check out Color Out of Space. Yeah, I, I want to. And I know everybody talks about that movie and Mandy and all that stuff. I'm the type of person, man, where I don't, I don't really like giving that guy a pass. He really creeps me the fuck out. Like him, well, like him as a person, and I know that that's his role in these <laughs> movies, Cage. and like that's why he's so uh, successful at them. Yeah, and Mandy very much so. It's kind of like they just said, um, "Hey, you know what? Just buzz through this script, and then just go out there and do your yeah. thing." Yeah. In Color Out of Shape, um, he is very much more reserved and very much is playing the part. Okay. Um, it's not really about him flipping out and going nuts, but yeah, uh, yeah, both very solid movies, very visceral. Yeah, I, w- I definitely want to watch them because they sound fucking tight. And now that I have yeah. Shutter, I'll be able to. But I know Shit. that um, another thing I, I got back into is, uh, I like Sean, I'm a big Doctor Who fan. Uh, we started late late into the life of Doctor Who, and mm-hmm. you know we really liked the first Doctors that we come across. And when they made, for anybody out there who doesn't know Doctor Who, it's a British show. It's been on forever. And they have new people playing the doctor because the doctor is an alien that regenerates. So every time he regenerates, there's a new doctor. He's a new main person of the show. Doctor always has a companion, supporting actress or actor. So when you're watching this show, even though you like the show, you might not relate to who's playing the doctor or the companion. And that can throw the whole vibe of you watching the show off, even though you really like Mm -hmm. the product. So Doctor Who... I fell off because I did not like Capaldi, the guy that took over after Matt Smith. And I had just gone from Tenet, who I'm like literally looking at his Blu-ray box to the left of me right now, um, loving that character and that story arc, and then going to Matt mm-hmm. Smith and really enjoying that too, to somebody that I had no connection over. And his in, his entrance into the universe was, ter- was, ter- was terrible to me, the when he regenerated. So, went back... Uh, watched the first, watched the first three when I when it, when it first started. Quit. Now I now I went back, started the fourth episode, and instantly, like it was like it was a relief. It was like man, because like you said, it's like a bad breakup. You you get with you like you're watching. You don't want anything to do with that. You want to write it off. And then when you come back to it, you're like, oh, it wasn't that bad, you know. And you come back to it. So <laughs> you're ready to trust again. Yeah. You don't feel hurt anymore yeah. and dirty whenever the doctor regenerates. Yeah. yeah. So now that I'm watching it, and then now also I'm coming back and looking at the dynamic relationship between the doctor and the companion, different too, because they always have a story arc too. So yeah, which is really impressive. But they had this one episode which was totally cool. Uh, 
I've, and it's an amazing thing and it's going to be spoilery. I don't care because I don't know how else to type of get this idea across. But I've always thought about like a planet, right? So like a planet, a moon, whatever the case may be. Like what if that planet had something living inside of it? Like all the way in the middle of it, the entire thing was just a an egg. Mm-hmm. And there's an episode where that happened. And I'm like, oh, my fucking God. Like when it when it first started, I was like, wait, could this be something like that? And then it started happening. I was like, oh, my God, I've thought of this before. And I was like, this is so it's so fucking cool. So, like, if that interests you, you should look into that episode. It's pretty tight. Oh, yeah. So we're sure. Uh, and then the last thing I've been playing is Call of Duty Black Ops. Um it's a Call of Duty game, and you're probably like, why the fuck is he talking about this? And the reason why is because, another thing, kind of spoiler territory, but this might get you to play it, so I'm going to kind of hint on it. Um, it's Black Ops, so it's like, you know, hidden agendas, top secret, espionage shit, and this is during the 1980s Cold War stuff. So there's all this, like, attention, and they introduce kind of like, this has been hinted at and brought up in old Black Ops games of, like, the MK Ultra stuff. And then in this game, they actually achieve it. And it blew my oh, it wow. blew my fucking mind. And they have, like, certain levels that, like, I'm like, because as I'm playing this level, this level keeps repeating. It's like, no, that's not how it went. Do it again. And you have to do it over and over and over again. And every single time something changes, I'm like, what is this? And I start thinking, I'm like, what if they're, what if these are, like, trigger words? Like, you're a sleeper agent, or, and it wasn't that. And then it was like, <laughs> hey, what if this is, like. Man, sure hand candidate Yeah, like, shit, what yeah. if this is them repeating it over and over again to get you to jog your memory because this has been implanted in your memory and then boom that's what it was i was like fuck this is so tight but yeah it was pretty it was pretty badass so that's it that's all i've been playing watching whatnot thanks for listening cool (laughs) yeah preston what are you watching man anything you want to plug or suggest to folks nope not a damn thing i started the um Crystal Lake, American Horror Story, whatever it is. 84. Whatever that season's called. <laughs> so. Crystal Lake. It's called 84. Crystal Lake. Yeah. I started that there, Crystal Lake. Uh. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I uh, downloaded uh, the Final Fantasy VIII remaster and been playing that. And that's about it. Do you see what I mean by the um, the palette looking washed like the backgrounds looking yeah. washed out, but like they did so much yeah. up to their face textures and their body textures. Yeah. Pretty yeah. nice. So yeah. That's all I got. Yeah. Cool. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, hold on. Watched... The Mandalorian. I've been watching the Mandalorian too. I'm a huge star Wars nerd. So I just started watching episode one last night, way too late because part of this quarantine like the weirdest side effect i've had is just insane insomnia because it literally Me feels too. like groundhog's day every fucking day feels the same especially because shayla has been at work because i mean she didn't have any symptoms she was negative so she got to go to work yeah being by yourself for that long um, i'm starting to kind of get it it's it's a bit maddening what if um so I, see i i've not watched the mandalorian <laughs> And mm-hmm. which uh-huh. even saying that disgusts me and it shocks me because I'm such a huge Star Wars fan or I was, am, I, I don't know how to say that. I don't know how to answer that anymore. Episode eight yeah. killed it so much for me. My hype, yeah. everything around yeah. it where I'm wanting to sell all my toys. They have no connection to me anymore. 
Um, I okay. don't get stoked over releases. Like, I mean, Mandalorian like is apparently some of the best Star Wars content ever put out, and I just yeah. have no draw to go watch it. It's you, cr- you know what? I'll I'll give crazy. you my uh, Disney Plus sign on, and you watch it because it's very much a spaghetti western. Yeah, which I love with, spaghetti westerns. Yeah, and that, so that's why I heard spaghetti... everything I've heard about it sounds incredible. It's just it's just getting to that point where I push play, and or not so much that I don't have a Disney Plus subscription, so I haven't like mm-hmm. had the opportunity, but nothing's gotten me to get there. And you would think it's got a lot of other a lot of more people to sign up for it because everybody wants that that Star Wars shit. But it's just I don't yeah. know, man. Like I episode eight just just killed it for me so much but i mean it is star wars and i i do i know as soon as i hear that credit scroll i'm gonna fucking be like all right i'm in <laughs> like it happens every time every yeah, time you know what I, the mandalorian doesn't have the credit scroll Steve. Uh, well it's... maybe not the credit scroll maybe just the 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 first notes of, nope there's no music doesn't have nope it doesn't have any of that no. shit. Like the it's a silent no. film. Charlie Chaplin plays the Mandalorian. Damn, that's wild. Yeah. Okay, I stand, I stand <laughs> corrected. See, you know I haven't watched it. No, there's music. There's music. No, there's. Um, I watched about. There's music. You know what I'm talking about? The beginning of the Star Wars. Not there's no not, fan. Yeah, the fan. Not the fan. Not that. Not the credit scroll. Oh, like the the atmosphere. Yes, as the camera pans down to look at like a ship or a planet, it has that that type of sound. The same as like Back to the Future has that. Like you know that type of shit. It's that distinct. I didn't pay enough sound. attention. I guess I'll oh have to. Uh, what kind of movie watcher are you, man? <laughs> I could give a lick about Star Wars. Oh, I was gonna say you. I give a shit, shit less about sound and or music and movies. Um, I beg to fucking differ. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 I. I'll tell you one thing real quick that it does do that I I, I thoroughly enjoy. And it's not really like a spoiler, but when you get to the end of each episode and the credits are rolling, instead of just having like, you know, the names kind of like in the movies where everything's in that yellow text and Mm -hmm. you have the stars in the background, they've actually had artists go back and do like watercolor drawings or like um, concept art and digital concept art of the actual scenes of the movie or of the, of that, of that show and I really enjoy that. Yep. Like, I will just hang out and watch the credits roll just so that I can see that art. Yep. Well, that's pretty cool, and yeah. That is tight. And that, and not only that, but it's also uh, giving a lot of respect to the people that do that. Yeah. That bring them images to life. Storyboards, all that shit. Like, I think, like, the Bioshock uh, Infinite book that you have, Sean. The art. Mm-hmm. Like, some of that concept art is so incredible. And how many people have seen that? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, very true. And something like The Mandalorian, uh, I some of my favorite credit scenes are the ones like Deadpool comes to mind. Like it, you want to watch for the stingers and you want to watch for a little extra audio or uh, video, but just watching the credits roll and you're reading all the art and like the little sayings that he wrote and shit. It's so it's so engaging and gives you that much of a little bit more of a feel for the movie. Well, I'll. Uh... I'll start episode one over again just to see if I can catch that. Cause I know what you're talking about. It's like the kind of like, uh, I don't remember specifically. Cause I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't really give a lick about star Wars. It's not bad to me. It's not good to me. It just never resonated with me. Um, mainly because I probably never watched the original trilogy until I was in high school, high mm-hmm. school. 
hike school. It's cool. It's basically a outer space King Arthur. Um, prove me that I'm wrong when saying that. And that's not a diss. It's just basically that's what it is. Sean, everybody, everybody knows that. It plays on a lot of the same good versus evil stories. Yeah, cool. The Bible. Like I'm saying, I don't, I don't <laughs> I know enough about Star Wars communities to know if people know that or not. But no, it's cool. I like what it is. Um, I just, I don't have that fandom for it. So I'm just like, you know what? That's cool. Everybody says if you don't like Star Wars, um, you will definitely like The Mandalorian because it's just kind of a cool, different flavor. Yeah. Everything everybody loves, none of the none of the bad shit. So I'm excited to take a look at it and see what the hubbub's all about. But we also, on Disney Plus, uh, started watching The Life According to Jeff Goldblum. Oh, nice. That show is fantastic. That's where I learned a lot of uh, my facts about crickets, proteins, and stuff like that. Um, specifically was the episode about barbecuing. Nice. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, also, we watched, and if you guys have not watched this, listeners, please do yourself a favor. Check out, I think it's, uh, God, I forgot what year it is. Check out Flight of the Navigator. <laughs> okay, when you posted guys, that, I was like, hell yeah. Dude, it was such a fun movie. Uh, I feel like it really, truly held up. Because, you know, screen memories of being a child watching a movie, you just remember snippets of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flight of the Navigator is a lot of fun. It's a really great sci-fi PG family movie that has just enough in it for, I think, everybody. And it was just a blast, man. Shayla never saw it. I have not watched it since I was, man. You should watch more of them old school Disney movies. Five? Disney family movies. Oh, I have. I've watched a ton, and a lot of them are stinkers, man. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, the original uh, Witch Mountain it's fucking mm-hmm. awesome. Flight of Navigator. Yeah, Willow is on there as yeah, well. I need to watch Willow though. again. Yeah. Um, yeah, Flight of the Navigator was from 1986. Blank check. I probably... <laughs> blank check, right? Yeah. And then all the cool Marvel cartoons from the 90s, like Iron Man, Hulk, Silver Surfer, uh, X-Men. Now calm down uh, The Amazing Spider-Man, they're all on there. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of great, great content. It's, cr- it's crazy. The, yeah. You're supporting a monster, but... There's a lot of good content. No, you're not. If you got Verizon, baby, I got six months free and I'm canceling that shit the minute it expires. Because why? I'm not giving Disney any money. Why? Because I gotta. Uh, All right. Well, listen, we've hummed, drummed, and droned on. This is like an all over the board episode and it's easy listening. So deal with it. Yeah, there you go, guys. Have a wonderful (laughs) Thanksgiving. Please, again, just be safe. We don't get political into opinion opinionated on the show but just be smart be safe just be smart steve what do you want to plug man um not gonna plug turkey um oh. <laughs> check out our instagram pxl paranormal where we do all the episodes and stuff like this that art check out our facebook pixelated paranormal podcast give us the likes the shares all that stuff helps us get reach more people um for real on the shares like like does cool yeah. it's more of an ego boost than anything but the shares is where it's at mm-hmm. even if you just just push share public you don't got to write anything if you want to write something that's cool but if not just doing that it helps trust me it might not seem like it does but it does and uh yeah it certainly does that's man. it sure, really we, we sure appreciate and it I'll pl- and again like i'm thankful for everybody thanks for listening to us and enjoy your festivities and yeah and wish me luck on getting an oh, Xbox yeah. Thursday evening <laughs> into Friday morning. I'm going to be waiting 12 hours. I got Jesus. my I got my Doctor Who downloaded. I got six movies off of Shutter downloaded. I'm ready to go. Damn, what a fucking nerd. Yep. 
Yeah. And and unlike Stephen, please support local. <laughs> oh, just kidding. Uh, and speaking of Black Friday, guys, if you can do your Black Friday shopping at home, don't go out and stand in line and shit like yeah. that. Luckily, and support. Yeah, and let me yeah. say, luckily, with standing in line, it's not going to be like standing in line with a bunch of people the way that I've always done these standing in line things is you literally get, because it is cold out and no one's going to want to sit around 30 degree weather so you basically bring a chair and with like a card i already got my cardboard made it says my name and it has my number on it or i'm gonna i put a number and then i'm gonna write the number that i'm on so what i'm in line for so at that point people can sit in their cars and everybody's cool with it so so then your social i mean you're gonna have to do it this time because like the last two camp outs when people did pre-orders like it states on there, like these are the number of consoles we have. So hopefully they do that this time. No guarantee. Yeah. But if it says like this many, that way people aren't just loitering around. And then at that point, that's when people put the chairs down and they go in their cars. So you can tr- truly social distance at that point. Yeah. That'd be smart. That'd be the best way to do it, man. For sure. Oh yeah. Uh, and support some local guys for Black Friday, for Christmas, all that kind of stuff. Please support local businesses. For sure. Check around town, see what kind of stuff. I've already ordered like sold. two things off of, I mean, on, of course online, but like local online businesses, like independent Great. things. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to hope I've you. got a couple other things that I'm following for some, uh, for some vinyl stuff. So. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the time I just, uh, to look for vinyl <laughs> is right now. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> offering free shipping and. This week's gonna gonna get crazy, so yep, I uh, I'm excited to see what kind of sales there are. But I told myself I'd be good and not buy anything. Nah, you got uh, it, man. Put it put it put like a limit. Be like, I have sixty dollars <laughs> I can spend today, or fifty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Support some local stuff. Um, I want to give a plug here. I recently bought a really awesome. Um, I guess you'd say like a display. Uh, Shayla loves cactuses, and there Cacti? is a girl out. Yeah, cacti. <laughs> I got to grammatically really... correct somebody? What the fuck? It's 2020, dude. Fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Print that out and frame it, man. <laughs> um, but no, I, I recently found this maker online. Um, her name is Angie from Angie's Stained Glass. And she makes these really badass stained glass-like displays. And because Shayla loves cacti, I'll post a picture of this badass yeah, thing. Yeah, I've seen it. Instagram. It's tight. Yeah, it's cool. It's like a little um, old, like, antique tea bag box. Um, and then in that is a bunch of, like, rocks and stuff. And then she made two stand-up different uh, stained glass cactuses that sit in there kind of like a, uh, not quite like a shadow box, but like a really cool badass display box. Uh, and so it's sitting on our liquor cabinet right now, and it's really freaking awesome. Again, uh, support some local. Jump online. Hell, even jump on Instagram, and if there's a thing you like, Look for it. There are tons of people on Instagram that make badass stuff. And and even if you can't support local, support whole made, support artists, creators, makers, that kind of thing. Yeah, Etsy has amazing stuff too from people. Yeah, I'll jump on and make a post too of some cool shit I've bought um, on Instagram just off of people that the show follows or that I follow and uh, just give them some ups because Tied. there's some pretty badass stuff out there being made and if you don't know you don't know and i like how you casually dropped yes i have a liquor cabinet oh dude yeah, i'll post a picture of that too fuck i'll be posting all the pictures baby the next five days of quarantine is going to be mtv cribs mtv cribs 
<laughs> oh, and please, guys, check out the rest of the shows on the Pixelated Sausage Network. Check out Animazingly Baka. Check out 13 Nightmares. The Scream episode will be dropping very Ooh. soon. Check out Pixelated Radio. I'm sorry, shit. Pixelated Sausage. And then also check out our friends over at Under the Marquee. It's a podcast about movies. Basically, Joe and Samantha will watch a movie they've never seen, and as soon as they're done, they jump on and record it to capture that kind of, you know, just walking out of the Hell movie yeah. theater, standing under the marquee feeling of seeing a movie for the first time. Your episode so, was yeah, great. check them out. Oh, I appreciate I really, it, man. Yeah, well, I, I guess it's a two-parter, but I really enjoyed it, and I look forward to collabing yeah. with them soon and getting on there as well. Yeah, Joe, of course, helped us out with the uh, werewolf episode about Zeus and Lycaon, and we've got another fun project, which Joe and Samantha both will be helping us with. So, yeah, we look forward to, to doing some collabs with them. Um, really great show. Preston, what do you got yeah. for us? As always, if you need a beard, if you want a beard, if you want to grow a beard that will give you the best face shield so that those soylent green motherfuckers can't harvest cheek material to make human steaks, <laughs> check out BigDobsBeardBomb.com and use promo code PXLPA. R-A, to grow the luscious man fur you can ever grow that's going to look great, smell great. You can get scents like Dundee Cedar Bay Rum Sweet Tobacco Fresh Citrus Mint and Classic. Get it all. Mm -hmm. Get it at Dobbs. And he's even got holiday bags. So maybe oh surprise a loved God. one and save a little money, you know, in the long run. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then if you're in the Wichita area and you love movies, please stop by. See our good, good friend Leslie down at CD Trade Post at Pawnee and Seneca. Drop in, say hi to Leslie and the gang. Pick up some uh, DVDs, Blu-rays, video games. They even have vinyl. Uh, check it out. Drop by. Uh, please support them. Support, again, support local as much as you can. Cool. All right. Well, guys, until next time, please be safe, be smart. Uh, be thankful and cheers to the weird shit in the world and those of us that love to talk about it. Love you, Danny DeVito. <laughs> and stay spooky and stay on the Paranormal Highway. The cast that Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the Paranormal Highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.